The Nick Holt Podcast. Professor Johnny Anomaly, how you doing? Hey, Nick. Great. Good to see you again. Am I correct in assuming that you are now part of Twitter under your real name? Yeah, that's right. You know, it was Elon Musk buying it that that led me to do it. But I suppose I still need to be careful. I'm still going to have some stalkers. I'm sure you do too. You know, who write down your naughty tweets, try to document them somewhere. Yeah. Well, I was done. I, I, I was, you know, I got on Twitter, as you know, I got on Twitter during the pandemic, essentially. I had an old account that was there from 2011. Yep. Um, but I got on there, like most people, to kind of just blow off a little bit of steam. Um, and it was a really interesting insight into what that platform is. And I didn't really value it too much, and mainly because of its um, hierarchy and yeah, uh, the way that they had behaved, especially in the last sort of four or five years. Right. Um, before we get into this purchase made by Elon Musk and potentially what that means. Uh, do you see Twitter as a good thing for society? I think an unregulated Twitter is a good thing. <laughs> unregulated meaning, of course, under Elon Musk, under anybody, they have to they have to take down content that is illegal. So people who post murder videos or child porn or something like that. And I think that's probably good. But yeah, an unregulated Twitter in the sense of speech that doesn't violate any laws seems to be on net good. Yeah, it's going to lead to polarization, extremism. From certain people, there will be some who you know, say things they shouldn't, whatever. But yeah, it's clearly a good thing in the sense that it allows us to expose false narratives, right? So the kinds of things that you and I have been talking about for a long time. So if we have any chance of doing that, it's going to be through something like social media. Otherwise, they'll just keep us out of, let's say, newspaper editorial boards, or in some cases, journals. So for academic journals, there's certain kinds of research conclusions you're not allowed to come to. It won't get published. Mm. So Twitter is, among many things, a way to get those messages out. So I say it is good. What about you? What do you think? Um. Here's the thing with Twitter, right? It's very interesting. And it's the same with all of these social media platforms, but more so with Twitter. And, and I can measure that on the success of that platform in terms of how many people use it and, and whatnot. But yeah, what you're essentially experiencing when you log on to Twitter and start viewing content, right, is people's thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. So people have a thought in their head and they tweet that I'd say a lot of the time, a lot of those thoughts would not make it out. would not manifest into, into what we might call something real, real, right? Right. We all have thoughts like you're walking and there's an old lady in front of you and you really got to go to the toilet and you get out of my, get out of the way you're back. (laughs) Like you're not going to say that. Right. But, but these are thoughts that are kind of kicking around in everyone's head. Um, so Twitter, people just kind of go blah and just dump their thoughts. Yep. So at any given time you log on, you're getting all these unregulated thoughts just kind of being plastered onto uh, something that resembles, you know, the written word so we can, we can see what that means. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think in my experience, I really didn't see much where I went, that's fascinating. I'm, I'm really glad I saw that today, <laughs> right? Most of it is just nonsense. Um, and the, sure. the, other, the other thing I'd say just on the back of that is that it's a conduit for anger. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff you see there is either snidey or it's someone trying to kind of yep. burn someone or yes, abuse yes. someone. So, it, it, like I said, people get on there to blow off steam. I, most of the abuse that I received, I would kind of laugh at. You know, I know that this is just some kind of miserable, overweight yeah. dude in his 50s who doesn't have any power in his life and he just wants to get on at lunchtime at his shitty government office job and blow off a bit of steam. Good luck to you. Right. Or some antifa a freak confused about his sexuality or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. C- c- calling you names, yeah. identifying you as the enemy immediately. Right. Um, but on the other hand, it, it, it is a value, valuable um, conduit for your own information. And I say that as a content creator. I think that hits on it perfectly. My mate sent me a message and he said, you might want to reactivate your Twitter. Elon Musk has just bought it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been in the wilderness for the last quarter of a month or so. I haven't really been reading any news or anything. I've kind of become a little bit of a uh, extreme right wing hippie. <laughs> I would characterize Ed Bannon or sorry, Steve Bannon as being that. Steve Bannon is a right wing hippie. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because he, he's kind of a spiritualist. You know, he flirted with kind of Eastern religion when he was young. Yeah. Bannon's actually into. Um, he was a drinker years ago, and one thing that helped him significantly was um, Ignatian spirituality, which is part of the Catholic. It's sort of a discipline within the Catholic faith. I see. But anyways, I digress. My main problem with Twitter was that, you know, the same problem you've had and, and most people had. So, so what's the point in really doing anything if, if we are literally the enemy on a so-called open platform? Right. Yeah, look, I, I echo what you said, and just to sum it up really easily, um, essentially it exacerbates things like, you know, polarization, which is not always bad, but sometimes is. It basically removes your prefrontal cortex. You might say it that way. It's like when we look at someone face to face, we're in a social interaction, and obviously when you depersonalize it, people will say things that they wouldn't say to someone face to face. And that, that's what's going on, right? It's like you have this filter of in the real world, wanting to appear to be a good person and, and wanting to be a good person. And sometimes it's merely wanting the appearance, but either way, it makes you act better. And you don't have that filter on Twitter or other social media. So I think that's fairly obvious, but look, big picture, as you know, we're in a fight for civilization. And what really matters is being able to, um, to sort of point out the cracks in the edifice and to really just kind of punch away at those cracks, you know, chip away at them more. So when you see people like Darren Beatty, you know, a friend of mine who was in the White House a few years ago, you know, he coins a term on Twitter, the globalist American empire, which is a bit subversive, you know, gay for short. And, and it catches on. And within two weeks, you know, everyone in dissident circles is using that term as basically a term of abuse and hurling it at some of these deep staters and it freaks them out right that we can basically just you know on a medium like twitter just really bother them really get under their skin yeah and do things like for example aggregate headlines from different newspapers where we can point out direct contradictions 
Not that, you know, that's going to necessarily make them change their behavior. But when ordinary people see things like that, they go, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, maybe this narrative is not completely correct. So I do, I do think like, yeah, for all its badness, it has the power to, um, to essentially correct, you know, false narratives. That's its main power. What do you think, uh, what do you hope might happen with this purchase? Well, probably the same thing you do, which is um, things like, you know, the, the Hunter Biden laptop story, things like these protected classes where you can't criticize transgenderism in the classroom and things like this. This is all going to be fair game again, right? So people are going to have at least one platform, I hope, and I think it's going to be true, where you can say things that are true that go against the narrative that have the power to change elections. So I think this is incredible. I, I have really high hopes, but mainly it's a symbolic victory, right? For the first time in maybe five years, you've actually seen the Overton window overnight go wider rather than narrower. And I mean, overnight, like if you get on right now, as you have, you, you just uh, friended me or whatever you call it on Twitter, I guess it's not friending, but joined me and I joined you. Um, you know, I, I noticed a bunch of people saying things just like, Men and women are different, or things things that are so obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've noticed so that, yeah. obvious, but would literally get you banned three days ago. You know, I mean, it's it's really kind of great for the spirit. Yeah, it's like they're they've just graduated from high school and they're allowed to go and do whatever they want. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, and some of that is good, and then it's gonna there's gonna be a bunch of bastards joining too, right? So. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I, I hope, and, and we, we, I think we spoke briefly about this on the phone, but I, I hope that will be interesting. I, I don't have hope, I should say, but I'll, I'll be interested to see if it happens, is that yeah. we'll, uh, you know, if, let's take Hunter Biden. And if, if these things are allowed to be given air on Twitter, it'll be interesting to see if that has a knock-on effect in the physical world in the real world and if it actually starts affecting laws and policy and people get arrested right because we have to say that with hunter biden twitter was was responsible for that essentially being squashed they were the first company to suppress the story and then the rest of silicon valley and the news media followed them so it really was twitter who was the first mover that's right yeah so we'll see this you know, we, these two kind of worlds going on, the physical world and then, and then Twitter. Um, yep. A lot of the censorship happened on the internet before we saw police, you know, clubbing people in the streets of Australia and that sort of thing. So yep. my theory loosely is that that kind of fascistic model de was developed on social media first. That's where they started censoring people, right? Uh, and then it was taken yep. into the physical world. And now when you say that we're in a fight for civilization, I see that as, if not the battle, a very large battle. Yeah. And I mean, you know, COVID BLM is another case where if you posted even information that was demonstrably true, statistical information about the percentage of, let's say, unarmed blacks killed by the cops and that sort of thing versus Asians versus whites, you just posted that it would be considered basically a hate fact and your account would be taken down. If you posted literal video, just live video of what was going on when BLM was rioting and killing people, they, they were killing and torturing people mm. that would get taken down. And so, I mean, you know, you wonder, okay, why are statues of Jefferson and Washington being pulled down in America? And, 
and other statues in Australia and, and England? Well, part of it is because people have a completely skewed view of reality. And that skew is by design. It was by design of the Twitter censors. And, you know, another aspect of this, as you've probably seen in the last couple of days, is um, a number of people are coming on and, and leftists are saying, suddenly I lost 20,000 followers yesterday. And people on the right are saying, suddenly I gained 60,000 yesterday, right? And this is because there were a lot of bots that were artificially created, apparently, to retweet left-wing accounts and to like their comments. And then on the right, you would hemorrhage numbers, right? You'd hit 100,000 and then it would hemorrhage down to 97. Then you'd hit 102 and back to 94. And many people were saying this, but they didn't really have the proof. Now, this isn't exactly proof. It's very strong evidence, right? Suddenly, right-wing account followers going up, left-wing down. But I think another aspect of what's happening is the mask is being removed, right? They're giving all these arguments for why free speech is bad. They're calling Elon every name you can imagine. And some Republicans, certainly not all, but some are saying that if we become the majority in the House, which it looks like they will, next year, we're going to investigate the actual Biden laptop story as seen through Twitter. So what did Twitter do specifically to suppress this story? Mm. And what did they know? So this is going to be fascinating to me. They might have access to like internal discussion boards and records of that. And if they do, if they can subpoena that information, oh man, like these activists could be in real trouble if they knowingly suppressed a story to flip an election, which you and I know that's true. But if they have any record of doing that for that reason, and then they were saying publicly a different reason, like it's Russian disinformation, they could actually be in real trouble. Are we talking about Jack Dorsey here? Not Jack Dorsey. It, it, it looks like Dorsey, my view is um, Dorsey was a bit of a libertarian that kept caving to the woke crowd. But the real wokesters are the insiders, the people who do the algorithms at Twitter. Dorsey even mildly pushed back, although not hard enough in my view. He's a coward. But, but the real, the really evil people are on the inside. Those are the people who you saw yesterday in some of this leaked footage from Project Veritas. You could see them crying and saying, essentially, saying that. Oh, it's incredible. They're literally crying and saying that this is this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Like I feel unsafe um, now. People are going to be able to say whatever they want. I mean, this is pretty sick stuff. And if these people, sick, yeah. if these people are on record as suppressing the Biden laptop story in order to change the election, I think they could be in legal trouble. A criminal trouble, really, if you've, if you've influenced, if you've interfered in a presidential election, surely. On purpose, as opposed to just sort of saying, well, we actually sincerely believe this is Russian disinformation. Nobody really believed that. But like, if that's all they said, they probably couldn't be prosecuted. But if they lied in order to, and they have records of it, in order to swing the election. Yeah, I, I could see this as a real, a really big deal. What a mess. They'd have to essentially go back and look at the entire election. And, you know, as we know now, there are there are various polls that indicate um, that a large percentage of Democrat voters were not even aware of that story. Right. And a large percentage believed it was Russian disinformation. Uh, there's also polls, you're probably more clued into this than I am, but there are polls that indicate a certain number would have changed their vote and that potentially might be enough exactly. to actually change the election, which is extraordinary. 
Yeah, the study I saw say says something like eight percent of Democrats would have changed their votes, which is more than enough. I mean, it's that's much more than sufficient to have changed the outcome. Who knows if that's true? You know, it's it's always hard to believe polls, but I, I think something like that is probably true. So.